We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. For such a time as this. So Holy Spirit, you have your way tonight. Reveal to us what you want us to know tonight. Give us wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, Brad, I wanted to talk to you tonight about some things that are happening uh, in our country right now. We don't really have much happening uh, right here in Washington right now because the president is on vacation. But I just want to make you aware of what is happening so that we can do a little research and uh, so that we can know how to pray. Okay, so an informed citizen is a better citizen. So as of this week, Brad, I did not know about the red flag laws. So this is all new to me as well. So we are going to learn together. I know that in my heart, I do not feel right about it. Uh, So let's uh, watch the president's speech first. This was the first thing. Uh, that made me aware of the red flag laws is when he gave the speech the other night. So right now, let's watch the president's speech and let's see what he had to say here. In my bonds to shoulder grief. Okay, here we go. Good morning. Fellow Americans, this morning, our nation is Saturday morning in El Paso, Texas, a wicked man went to a Walmart store where families were shopping with their loved ones. He shot and murdered 20 people and injured 26 others, including precious little children. Then, in the early hours of Sunday morning, 8 in Ohio, another twisted monster opened fire on a crowd downtown street. He murdered nine people, including his own sister, and injured 27 others. 
First Lady and the First Monster and all of Americans in praying and grieving for the victims, their families, and the survivors. We will stand by their side forever. We will never forget. These barbaric slaughters are an assault upon our communities, an attack on our nation, and a crime against all of humanity. We are outraged and sickened this monstrous evil, the cruelty, the hatred, the malice, the bloodshed, and the terror. Our hearts are shattered for every family whose parents, children, husbands, and wives were ripped from their arms for their lives. America weeps. Hold on, Brad. Sorry. Good morning. For the victims, their families, and the survivors, we will stand by their side forever. We will never forget. These barbaric slaughters are an assault upon our communities, an attack upon our nation, and a crime against all of humanity. We are outraged and sickened by this monstrous evil, the cruelty, the hatred, the malice, the bloodshed, and the terror. Our hearts are shattered for every family whose parents, children, husbands, and wives were ripped from their arms and their lives. America weeps for the fallen. We are a loving nation, and our children are entitled to grow up in a just, peaceful, and loving society. Together, we lock arms to shoulder the grief. We ask God in heaven to ease the anguish of those who suffer, and we vow to act with urgent resolve. I want to thank the many law enforcement personnel who responded to these atrocities with the extraordinary grace and courage of American heroes. I have spoken with Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Ohio Governor Mike DeWan, as well as Mayor DeMargo of El Paso, Texas, and Mayor Nan Whaley of Dayton, Ohio, to express our profound sadness and unfailing support. Today, we also send the condolences of our nation to President Obrador of Mexico, and all the people of Mexico for the loss of their citizens in the El Paso shooting. Terrible, terrible thing. I have also been in close contact with Attorney General Barr and FBI Director Ray. Federal authorities are on the ground and I have directed them to provide any and all assistance required, whatever is needed. The shooter in El Paso posted a manifesto online consumed by racist hate. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. Hate has no place in America. Hatred warps the mind, ravages the heart, and devours the soul. We have asked the FBI to identify all further resources 
they need to investigate and disrupt hate crimes and domestic terrorism, whatever they need. Okay, now I'm going to pause there because uh, we're going to dissect this a little bit. Okay, when he says uh, the hate crimes and the white nationalism, you know that the Democrats, that is what they are saying about him. Uh, the white nationalism. So this is an attack that they have against him, period. They're blaming him uh, for this shooting. And they're also, which I told you before, Brian, this all goes back to Christianity. Now, when they say hate, we're going to have to watch the language very clearly. Okay, when they start defining these new laws, we're going to have to look, okay, how are you defining hate? Uh, because we have to make sure clearly that it's not going to be uh, hanging Christians in the process. Let's keep going. We must recognize that the internet has provided a dangerous avenue to radicalize, disturb minds, and perform demented acts. We must shine light on the dark recesses of the internet and stop mass murders before they start. Okay, now that gives me pause right there when they say stop before they start. Uh, this is called pre-crime, like pre-crime uh, legislation where they're going to try to uh, basically come up with algorithms. Y'all know how Google's already doing this, Facebook, social media, uh, where they're going to try to say, okay, if a person has this personality and this personality and they say this and do that, uh, they are going to be red flagged, okay? They're going to be targeted because of their language, because of the data that they are releasing, okay? So I'm just telling you, Brian, we need to pay really close attention to this uh, because just because they say uh, that these are shooters and it's Muslim and it's, you know, people from... Uh, what you would think like ISIS, you have to put Christian in there. You have to think, okay, they may say this, but how is this going to affect the church? So let's continue here. The internet likewise is used for human trafficking, illegal drug distribution, and so many other heinous crimes. Okay, now when they talk about the internet is used for these heinous crimes and stuff, listen, uh, the internet is used for good and bad. It's always been that way. But we know that the Democrats have been trying to censor uh, the internet because they know, first of all, that the president won due to uh, social media, the way that we share, the way that he wears out social media, the way he does Twitter. Okay, so uh, what he's saying is, is they're going to have to start paying attention uh, to what people are doing and what they're saying out there. So let's continue. The perils of the internet and social media cannot be ignored and they will not be ignored. In the two decades since Columbine, our nation has watched with rising horror and dread as one mass shooting has followed another over and over again, decade after decade. We cannot allow ourselves to feel powerless. We can and will stop this evil contagion. In that task, we must honor the sacred memory 
of those we have lost by acting as one people. Open wounds cannot heal if we are divided. We must seek real bipartisan solutions. We have to do that in a bipartisan manner that will truly make America safer and better for all. First, we must do a better job of identifying and acting on early warning signs. I okay, now this is what I want us to pay attention to, Brian. When they say early warning signs, okay, we need to pay attention. Uh, how are you going to define it? Who is going to define these signs? And are they saying fundamentalist? You know, there's key words we're going to pay attention to. Let's follow. I am directing the Department of Justice to work in partnership with local, state, and federal agencies, as well as social media companies to develop tools that can detect mass shooters before they strike. Okay, here we go. Mass shooters before they strike. So they're going to work with local government, uh, regional government, and they're going to be able, and with social media. Hello? We just had them in the White House, the social media, a lot of the big social media people, and he says he's going to meet with the social media giants. Uh, that's why I came back, because I thought the meeting was today. So uh, there is a meeting either happening now somewhere or somewhere they're going to happen maybe next week. Uh, but basically, they're coming up with some type of way uh, to measure speech. Now, uh, what is that called on the internet? If somebody can think, tell me, uh, where they're talking about censoring speech, what is that called online? Uh, because we think that they have been censoring us so far just for being conservatives. Uh, we need to see how are they going to define uh, hate speech? How are they... Now, I think it's funny that they're talking about partnering with the Department of Justice because the uh, LGB, the LGBT uh, legislation that rolled out in H.R. 5, uh, that partnered with the Department of Justice. Remember, Brian? If you even thought someone was a homosexual, they would contact the Department of Justice. Okay, so it's like, uh, okay, but the point is, is they're going to be monitoring uh, social media even more, and they're going to be looking looking for key behaviors, uh, key words. So this is what I will be monitoring up here, Brian. Is what are they going to term as extremism? What do they consider as racism? Uh, what do they consider as a white nationalist? Because actually, let me show you something, Brad. When you look at the full definition of a white supremacist, let me show you. Hold on. Okay, now, of course, this is Google's uh, definition of a white supremacist. Are you ready? White supremacy or white supremacism is a racist ideology based on the belief that white people are superior in many ways to people of other races and that therefore white people should be dominant over other races. White supremacy has roots in scientific racism 
and it often relies on pseudo-scientific arguments like most similar movements such as neo-Nazism, white supremacists typically oppose members of the other races as well as Jews. Well, let's see what the Britannica.com defines it as. Uh, that's an official, that one was just Wikipedia, but let's see what the official uh, definition is according to an encyclopedia. It says, white supremacy beliefs and ideas purporting natural superiority of the lighter skinned or white human races over other racial groups. In contemporary usage, the term white supremacist has been used to describe some groups espousing ultra-nationalist, racist, or fascist doctrines. White supremacist groups often have relied on violence to achieve their goals. I don't know anyone like this, Brad. And I'm a white person. I don't know anyone like this. From the 1900 to the mid-20th century, the doctrine of white supremacy was largely taken for granted by political leaders and social scientists in Europe and the United States. For example, in the four-volume S.R. Lay something, 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 1853, essay on the inequality of human races, the French writer and diplomatist, Arthur D. Gobineau, wrote about the superiority of the white race, maintaining that Aryans, Germanic, pe Germanic people, represented the highest level of human development. According to the 19th century British writers such as uh, Rudyard Kipling, Charles Kingsley, and Thomas Carlyle and others, it was the duty of Europeans, the white man's burden, to bring civilization to non-white peoples through beneficent imperialism. Well, does that sound like they are calling uh, the quest for Christian nations uh, this, imperialism? Several attempts were made to give white supremacy a scientific footing as various institutes and renowned scientists published findings asserting the biological superiority of whites. Those ideas were bolstered in the early 20th century by the new science of intelligence testing, which purported to show major differences in intelligence between the races. In such tests, Northern Europeans always scored higher than Africans. In the United States, especially in the South, in the era of slavery, and during the subsequent Jim Crow period of legal se racial segregation, white supremacy enjoyed broad political support as it did in contemporary European col colonial regimes. The doctrine was especially associated with violent groups such as the Ku Klux Klan, which enjoyed some success in the United States, particularly in the 1920s. Though many nonviolent individuals and groups also believed fervently in white supremacist ideas, by the mid-1950s, however, overtly racist doctrines fell into deep disfavor across much of the Western world, a development that was hastened by both desegregation and decolonization. Okay, well this goes on.
Well, it says here ne at the bottom, it says, Nevertheless, white supremacists in the United States and throughout the world ultimately were unable to defend the laws that ensured white domination. The last regimes to institutionalize doctrines of white supremacy through comprehensive legislation were Rhodesia, which changed its name to Zimbabwe after its white minority finally ceded power in 1980 in South Africa, whose apartheid system was dismantled in the 1990s. Wow, and I know a lady that actually lives there that says that they are, uh, that the Muslims are killing the white people there uh, in South Africa. Okay, well this is very long, but anyways, the point is, uh, basically saying that they're superior, that they're better than, um, I know that, uh, just from, now I know many people would say, well, you're a white person, so your perspective of this is coming from a white person. Well, it is, but it's also coming from the point of a minister. And I just want to say uh, that this is really just a condition of the church today because we have quit teaching forgiveness. We have a lot of most of the condition of the nation today is due to the church uh, not teaching the way we should. The lack that we're in as far as uh, not preaching, you know, ways to heal people, which is deliverance. Uh, bringing deliverance to people, bringing healing to people, uh, preaching the truth, love and forgiveness, etc. So, anyways, uh, in other words, every one of us have battles and have things that we have to deal with in our lives. But the whole point of our Christian walk is forgiveness, Brad. So, if we as leaders are not teaching our churches, look. You have to let the past go and we have to move forward. Uh, that is forgiveness. A person can never uh, be all that they've been called to be unless they've been free and forgiven of the past. You see what I'm saying? So our country has come a long way. A long way. And coming from my point of view uh, and from many people that I know, when Obama became president, we felt like we had crossed over uh, into officially showing uh, that there was healing in our nation. And even me, even though I was not uh, voting for Obama because I don't vote Democrat, uh, I was still proud of our nation that we had crossed over uh, into that point where we actually put a black man in office. And so I was you know, happy to see our nation cross over, even though I didn't like his values or his policies or his platform that he stood on. See what I mean? But unfortunately, through his eight years of presidency, he has brought more division in this country and it's caused it, uh, you know, not all of it, because I say the church has a lot part of it too. But the point is, is that it's worse now than it was then. And we're just really going to have to believe God that we're going to have revival to have love and forgiveness back here. But anyway, so going back to the president's speech, I just wanted to read the definition of the white supremacy to tell you that 
I don't live like that, and I don't know uh, anyone that lives like that, that they walk around thinking they're superior uh, than other races. Of course, I am in a Christian environment, uh, but we can tell by the vision in the church uh, that this is the same feeling inside the church as it is uh, on the outside of the church. So uh, let's continue by listening to the president. Here we go. As an example, the monster in the Parkland High School in Florida had many red flags against him, and yet nobody took decisive action. Nobody did anything. Why not? Second, we must stop the glorification of violence in our society. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. It is too easy today for troubled youth to surround themselves with a culture that celebrates violence. We must. Now, he is absolutely right on that. Uh, the video games that we have today is a culture of violence. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Let's continue. Stop or substantially reduce this, and it has to begin immediately. Cultural change is hard, but each of us can choose to build a culture that celebrates the inherent worth and dignity of every human life. That's what we have to do. Third, we must reform our mental health laws to better identify mentally disturbed individuals who may commit acts of violence and make sure those people not only get treatment, but when necessary, involuntary confinement. Pause, pause, pause. Catch on to what he just said, Brad. He said, we also have to look out for mental illness for those that may commit crimes may this is a very dangerous territory we're headed into brad because they're doing these algorithms and and people you'll see once we get into the red flag laws you will see that uh if people report you or turn you in uh that they will consider you that you may so let's continue mental illness and hatred pulls the trigger Mental illness and hatred. Not the gun. Fourth, we must make sure that those judged to pose a grave risk to public safety do not have access to firearms, and that if they do, those firearms can be taken through rapid due process. That is why I have called for red flag laws, also known as extreme risk protection orders. Okay, he has called for red flag laws. Let's write this down. Because this is going to build, Brian. So you need to be uh, researching with me. So it's called red flag laws or extreme. What was that term he used? Stream risk protection orders okay let's continue today i'm also directing the department of justice to propose legislation ensuring that those who commit hate crimes and mass murders face the death penalty 
Pause. 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 Let me come back up here. Pause. Did you hear that right? Those that do hate crimes. Hate crimes and the shootings. They will have the death penalty. Let me go back down. Let me rewind. So you can hear what he said. Hold on here. Well, what the world? There we go. Let me get this one to go back up. Alright, let's hear this again. To propose legislation ensuring that those who commit hate crimes and mass murders face the death penalty and that this capital punishment be delivered quickly, decisively. Okay, quickly and decisively, those that commit hate crimes and the mass shootings. Okay, see how they brought this in here, Brad, about the hate crimes? What we want to know is what are you defining as hate? I mean, seriously, you have to know their terminology, Brad. Let's continue. And without years of needless delay. These are just a few of the areas of cooperation that we can pursue. I am open and ready to listen and discuss all ideas that will actually work and make a very big difference. Republicans and Democrats have proven that we can join together in a bipartisan fashion to address this plague. Last year, we enacted the Stop School Violence and Fix NICS Acts into law. Okay, last year they did the Stop School Violence Law. I haven't even seen this one. Okay, Stop School Violence Law. What was that other one? Let me rewind it just a tad. NICS acts into law, providing grants to... Last year we enacted the Stop School Violence and Fix NICS acts into law. Okay, and fix NICS. Let me look that up real quick, Brad. Let me go to congress.gov. All right, Congress. Okay, and I'm going to type in, I'm going to type in stop school violence law. Stop school violence. Uh, let's see what comes up here. Okay, this is a resolution to keep guns out of classrooms, keeping guns out of classrooms. Wow, you ought to see all the legislation having to do like this. That's on the table. Hmm.
ว่าI found it. Look at this, Brad. Let me let me pull this up. Hold on, I found it. Wow, I didn't even know about this one. Okay, here we go. Ah, okay. Wow, we're learning a lot tonight, Brad. Look at this. Y'all are learning with me. Check out this one. My internet is slow because I am uh, putting together, I'm uploading still more videos from this summer. Can y'all believe it, Brad? All the work I've done this summer, I'm still getting it uploaded. Now, if you want to look up Fix Nicks, let me tell you how to spell it. You ready? It's F I X N I C S dot org. Now, isn't that funny? It is not wanting to pull up for me. Isn't that funny? Well, let me go back and read what I can then from it just so we can see a glimpse. A background check is only as good as the records in the database. FBI NICS database, N-I-C-S, are currently incomplete because many states have not provided all records that establish someone as prohibited from owning a firearm under current law, especially including mental health educations and involuntary commitment orders. Wow. Here we go. Facts and info. Fixnix.org. Since Fixnix was launched in 2013, the end of September 2018, the number of disqualifying mental health records submitted to Nix increased by 222%. Look, my internet's not even pulling this up, Brad. 
Y'all let me know if it's pulling it up for you. I'm going to copy the link address and then I'm going to put it in uh, a comment on the video and let y'all see it. Okay, let me put this link in here for you. See the name of it? There it is. Fix Nicks. I just put the link out there for you. Alright, so now we know this, so let's finish the president. Providing grants to improve school safety and strengthening critical background checks for firearm purchases. At my direction, the Department of Justice banned bump stocks. Last year, we prosecuted a record number of firearms offenses. But there is so much more that we have to do. Now is the time to set destructive partisanship so destructive and find the courage to answer hatred with unity, devotion, and love. Our future is in our control. America will rise to the challenge. We will always have and we always will win. The choice is ours and ours alone. It is not up to mentally ill monsters. It is up to us. If we are able to pass great legislation. But see, my question is, and y'all know I love the president. I'm not questioning the president. I'm just questioning this agenda of whoever's advising him to do this. Uh, the agenda of this is, what are you defining as hate? What are you defining as mentally ill? Right? They may determine somebody that speaks in tongues as mentally ill. I'm just, it's in the language, Brad. Uh, I'm just telling you, we're going to have to be careful how this language is written. Remember when I read you H.R. 5, when I read you H.R. 6, and I told you how they write this legislation. We're going to have to go through these red flag laws line by line to see the legislation, the writing uh, that's in there. Okay, let's continue. After all of these years, we will ensure that those who were attacked will not have died in vain. May God bless the memory of those who perished in Toledo. May God protect them. May God protect all of those from Texas to Ohio. May God bless the victims and their families. May God bless America. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, now, the thing about that speech is, uh, did y'all know that there is actually a shooting? Uh, there is actually a shooting in uh, Chicago the same weekend, but for some reason that was not mentioned. Okay, now I'm going to show you a video of the okay. definition. We're taken into custody, face disorderly. Am I, am I doing something against the law? Am I doing something against the law? What is this? Back in March of 2013, I was hiking with my son. I had a rifle on me, as we always do out in the country. And a police officer came up because somebody had called the police about a man walking down the what road in the with world? a rifle. And so halfway through our hike, a police officer shows up, doesn't tell me what he's doing, uh, doesn't have his lights on. He asks what are we doing? I told him we were on a hike. He asked me why I had my, my gun on me. I said, because I can. It's perfectly legal here in Texas. The officer pulled his gun, threw me into the car, and I began rolling my video camera. And from that, um, 
Open Carry Texas was really born because I recognized a need for Hold on, Brad. This is not the video. But I don't know how uh, to go back. Let me type it in. Hold on. Red flag. Hold on, Brian. See how they're showing, like, this is all the mainstream media's coverage of it. And they're talking about how, you know, both sides are agreeing on it. Here we go. Stuck on the side of the road with no real means of escape. Okay. Are you prepared to handle what comes your way? Let's see how this plays out. In a country where the Constitution protects the right to bear arms, states continue to contemplate ways to take that right away, at least temporarily. Some call the laws extreme risk protection orders. Others call them red flag laws. See, that's what the president is relatively simple. Police or a family member can ask a judge to order a temporary removal of weapons from someone who presents a danger to him or herself or others. 17 states and the District of Columbia have passed some form of red flag legislation. Four more states have laws under consideration. The laws are not identical. Many differ considerably. The president, as he repeated Monday, has shown some support for the idea. But the law does not come without critics. In Colorado, for example, as many as 50 cities and counties run by Republicans have vowed not to enforce the state's red flag law. And even the ACLU has some concerns, suggesting any law must have clear, non-discriminatory criteria for defining persons as dangerous. The worry is, red flag laws could be used to arbitrarily take away a constitutional right. Supporters say the laws could prevent the next mass shooting. And while that's not exactly clear, studies like this one suggest the laws do have an impact on the most common form of gun violence in the U.S by decreasing a state's rate of suicide by as much as 7 to 14%. Okay, so I wanted you to see that, Brad. And then I wanted you to see that, Brad, and then I want you to see a state that already has this and see what happens here. Threaten to subpoena your calls and emails is Rosenstein. Why are you keeping information from Congress? Why? Why does they keep changing this? How do I go back? All right, Brad, hold on just a moment. You're the guy with the gun, the person who do anything to protect the ones you love. 
but did you know that you could go to jail? And Anne Arundel County man is dead after officers say he refused to give up his gun to police. Officers shot and killed him at his home this morning where they were attempting to enforce the new red flag law. WGC is live near the scene in Ferndale. Kimberly Eaton is updating this developing situation. Kimberly. And Vic, police just left this Ferndale neighborhood now nearly 12 hours after officers first showed up here to attempt to remove guns from a home and ended up shooting and killing the gun owner. Flashing red and blue lights cut through the rain in this Ferndale neighborhood Monday afternoon. Police now guarding the street where their attempt to enforce the new red flag law turned fatal hours earlier. Around 5.15 in the morning, Anne Arundel County police say they came to a home on Linwood Avenue near Broadview Boulevard to take weapons from 60-year-old Gary Willis. They say two officers knocked on the door and Willis answered, armed with a handgun. Sergeant Jacqueline Davis says at first he put the gun down and stepped outside to talk with police. He was fine with the officers until they told him, hey, we're serving you with this order and this order orders us from the court to take your guns. At that point, she says Willis went for his gun. One of the officers tried to grab it out of his hand and Willis pulled the trigger. That bullet didn't hit anyone, but it prompted the other officer to open fire, shooting and killing the gun owner. It's a deadly beginning to a law that's barely a month old and that Anne Arundel County Police have only had to enforce nine times so far, following court orders to remove guns from owners who reportedly may be a danger to themselves or others. These are particularly dangerous because not only do we know there's weapons involved, um, we're also taking the weapons. In this case, it led to gunfire before dawn on this otherwise quiet street. Justin Ralston moved in down the block a year ago, now surprised to see a full-on investigation where neighbors tell him crime just doesn't happen. He lived for all how many, 27 years, he's never had anything stolen, you know, it's just quiet neighborhood and everything. And under the law, family, police, a list of people really can ask for the protective order to remove weapons. But in this case, it's not clear who petitioned the court. For now, reporting live in Anne Arundel County, I'm Kimberly Eaton for WJZ. Now, isn't that funny, Brad? Did you hear what she said? She goes, they are not sure who petitioned the court. Hello. This is one of the things that we're worried about when they have full... Uh, rights to just be able to call the police on your neighbors, call the police on your family members, and turn you in for having a gun. So if you heard what happened here, the police showed up in the middle of the night, and this man surrendered the gun, but then something happened, he got mad, and then he shot at him, and he missed, and then they turned around and killed him type of deal. Brian, this is uh, not a good sign. You know, I don't even want to say where this kind of legislation could lead us. Uh, so what we need to pray, Brad, uh, is we need to pray that the Lord would change the president's mind, that the Lord uh, would give him good, wise counsel. Okay, so, uh, you know, as WATB, we are the bride. Uh, we are responsible for praying for our president, right? So we're going to pray uh, that he would make the right uh, decisions. And, Brad, listen, this is an opportunity for the church to repent. Uh, I know I keep saying this, but a lot of the things that I see happen up here, I repent to the Lord about. Uh, because 
we as the church are responsible for a lot of this. And so we need to ask the Lord to forgive us because uh, we've got to help people, you know. And so we just, let's pray right now. Lord, uh, we come before you this evening. And Lord, we pray for our president. Lord, please give him good counselors around him, Lord. Please give him people that will give him good wisdom, good counsel, Lord. Lord, we pray that they will not strip us of the Constitution, that they will not take our First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, or our Fourth Amendment rights, Lord. We pray that you would give him people surrounding him that will be good, godly people and people that love this country and are not globalists. And Lord, any agenda that would try to woo him in and pull him in to partner with, Lord, we cut that asunder. Anything that goes against your will, anything that goes against your word, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus over our president. And Lord, we pray uh, that he will make the right laws. We know that you put him in there, Lord. So we know that you are ultimately in control. And Lord, I pray for the bride that her eyes will be wide open to what is really happening today, Lord, and that she will make wise decisions uh, when these things happen, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now, so because of these laws that are coming down the pipe, Brad, called red flag laws and extreme risk protection. Okay, my question to all of this is, I want to know, A, who is making the definitions? Now, you think I'm funny for asking this, but I have been in many of their meetings, and I know one organization that the government falls to for the definitions of extremism and all this. I want to know, how are you defining extremism? How are you as a government defining uh, racism? How are you defining white nationalism? Uh, you know, we need to know these things because we as Christians need to be wise. We need to understand what is coming down the pipe. Uh, and so, Lord, we just pray that you give us wisdom once again, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Okay, now, um, I wanted to talk to you a minute, Bride, about Epstein. You know, uh, Epstein is the one that just uh, either passed away or got murdered or got replaced. There's many different theories out there right now on what happened to Epstein. Now, just in case you don't know, Epstein is a high-profile uh, sexual pedophile uh, industry, sex trafficking, uh, like one of the kingpins. I didn't know all this, Brad, until lately. Uh, he is like the chief dog that has been involved with presidents and, and high-powered people and senators and governors and, and all these people that have come in uh, in the sex trafficking industry. So there is a lot of buzz out there on how he died, if he died, okay? If he died, was he murdered? Was the body switched out? Did they hide him and put him away somewhere? Uh, you know, there's so many things out there that are not adding up about this. 
uh, like one gentleman sent me this thing and said, okay, he really hung himself with uh, sheets that are made out of like paper towels, like very uh, thin because they had him on suicide watch. Did you know that? Uh, they had him on suicide watch until right there at the end. Uh, and then there was another report that some suspicious vehicle came in the middle of the night and took him out and swapped the body and whatnot. But the point is, Brad, we are talking about some very serious heads rolling, okay? Uh, do we see the mainstream media talking about this? Also, Brad, uh, talking about the mainstream media, do we see them talking about uh, the dangers of the red flag laws situation that's happening right now. No. Every one of them are full in, even Fox News. Can you believe it? They are full in on going forward with these red flag laws. And to the Christians, we're like, wait a minute, this is the Constitution. What are y'all doing? You know, so we need to keep our eyes open for that. But going back to uh, Epstein. Uh, so, no matter how he died, uh, what we need to pray for, Brian, is that this will be exposed. That these big kingpins would be exposed. And this is another thing we have to pray for as a church, is that the church will be ready to be ready for the aftermath. What if a lot of our mainstream preachers are called in this? What if mainstream Christian uh, congressman or you know what I'm saying like what if it's somebody that we think is a Christian and we trust so much but we find out they're in the midst of all this depravity you know there's a picture out there now of Clinton in a dress in red high heels uh, not Hillary either so I'm just saying that uh, this is a huge big cover-up to protect the powers that be but listen we know that judgment has come uh, to our country and to the church. So as far as our country, the judgment, we are calling for the exposure to come. Uh, you know, I interviewed this guy one time and he said, there's a huge tsunami uh, coming to our country like this, a tsunami wave of judgment coming. And when it does, this uh, tsunami wave, it's like a, a pulling back, a revealing exposure happens because you have a big recession of uh, water that's coming back. So all of the shells and different things right there at the bottom of the ocean, the gunk, the junk is being exposed as the waters are receding for this great wall that's coming now. Okay, now many people feel that this wall that's coming is a wall of revival. Some people feel that this wall that's coming is a wall of judgment. But either way it goes, there's still a receding taking place. That's why there's a lot of chaos right now. There's a lot of screaming. There's a lot of demonic activity, a lot of lawless activity is because of the receding base. So what we're asking God for tonight, come on in the mighty name of Jesus, expose the darkness, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I feel the presence of God in here so thick right now. 
Expose the darkness, Lord. Expose the devil. Expose the sex trafficking industry, Lord. We do call God's justice to take place in the earth, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Let your angels go forth from the north, south, east, and west to expose uh, this gross darkness having to do with the sex trafficking in sex trafficking industry and Lord we pray for all those children that are bound up right now as we're talking set them free right now in the name of Jesus Lord let those chains open let those doors open in the name of Jesus let their captors be uh, caught pull the veil back Lord let these people come to justice in the name of Jesus Whew! I am feeling the presence of the Lord so thick on this right now. So Lord, exposure. Now, Bride, remember when I was on the 2017 tour and the Lord sent me across the entire country to pray and to fight for the country. Uh, he told me there were six cities to take my shoes off and plant my natural feet, point my hands towards heaven and prophesy as a conduit to the earth. One of those cities was uh, Niagara Falls, New York. And what did the Lord have me pray? Angels, open up the gates to the crystal clear waters from the throne. Listen, Brad, to flood this nation from one end to the other, uh, cleansing the nation, healing the nation, uh, washing as a mighty rushing river, just like the waters that come over the fall and they're very mighty coming over the fall. That would be this. So when you think about those mighty rushing winds, ex mighty rushing waters exposing as it comes along, washing off all the dirt, the stuff that's, that they have purposely tried to hide with, that those rushing waters from heaven would do a supernatural cleansing in our country in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on now. And so we, we proclaim for Epstein all of the children that was involved with this man's sin, this man's uh, debauchery, this man's uh, trap of the nation and the globe, that they would receive justice. That they would receive justice. The little children that were caught up in this sex trafficking scandal, that their uh, abusers would uh, come to the light and that these people, listen, that these people would go to a church that knows how to do deliverance. A church that knows how to cast out demons. A church that knows how to pray for people and how to help them to get set free. See, we need this bride. People need deliverance in this hour. Look at all these people that we see across the earth is just so demon-possessed. And you don't think we need to cast out demons? We very much do. It's part of it. In my name, you will cast out demons. In my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. See, Brad, we have spent so much time wanting signs and wonders for ourselves. Wanting signs and wonders. Give me a word. Feed me. Feed me. You know, uh, give me a word. Instead of us uh, wanting to bring deliverance to people, which takes a lot of work and a lot of time. But this is what God has called us to. 
help others to be set free. Come out, you know, and to help them to find their identity in Christ. Look, we know that across the world we have a huge identity crisis, uh, which is why they're trying so hard with the LGBT movement to wipe the identity away even from our children in the educational system, you know. So um, I just wanted to talk about Epstein a little bit tonight because I wanted us to come together in agreement for justice from God uh, to happen for those children and that the truth will be made known about him and all the different people that he has partnered with, okay? And so along with the Epstein deal, okay, this is what I'm praying for right now. I am praying that the corruption in Washington, D.C., let me say this again, the corruption in Washington, D.C. would be exposed all the way around the corruption, uh, even in ministers, in churches, in uh, businesses, in the government, to be made clean in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your Holy Ghost roll through this place. Let your justice roll through this place. Let those Holy Ghost washing, cleansing waters flow through this place. Cleanse the White House. Cleanse the Capitol. Cleanse the tunnels underneath the Capitol. Cleanse every area of the government, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we are in agreement, Lord. We are believing you to move mountains, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, Lord, uh, we do repent to you tonight uh, for our government having to be in such a terrible condition, Lord. And it's because the church is in a terrible condition. And Lord, we're asking you to revive the church, heal the church, bring us back to our first love, and the same for our government. Bring our government, our nation, back to her first love, and that's you, Lord. Back to our nation's roots, Lord, that we are a Christian nation. Uh, we refuse to believe anything other than our Christian heritage of this country. And Lord, you gave this country to the Christians. You gave this to the church to freely worship you. We escaped uh, the British rule because we could not freely worship over there. And we came over here and we became a Christian nation. And Lord, we allowed the idols to come in, Lord, and we do repent for that. We allowed the idols to come in this nation. And we have erected those idols before your very nostrils, Lord. And we ask you to forgive us again tonight, Lord, because we want to be restored and we want to be used mightily by you, Lord. So help the true righteous church to rise up in the mighty name of Jesus, taking her place in the kingdom of God and not looking to horses or chariots as their savior, but looking to you as their savior, Lord, because we belong to the kingdom of God and your eyes are the ones that we want to please more than any other person, place, or thing on this planet. In the name of Jesus, Lord. And all of this corruption that we're seeing, Lord. We're just believing you, Lord. To uh, bring justice. And that 
before you take us home, Lord, or before we leave this earth through your permission, that we will see with our eyes the justice of the Lord. We will see it exposed, uh, the depravity of the government, the depravity of ministry, uh, the depravity of people. We will see that exposed, and then the church will be there to pick them back up and to bring them back in the church. We will not, when, when the church is exposed and these ministers are exposed because of their heart is being exposed, we will not push them down more, Lord. We will pray for them and ask them to come to you because they're at a decision point. When they're exposed, what are they going to do? Are they going to go fully into the world and just give up? Or are they going to come back to God and humble themselves? And that's what we pray for as the body of Christ, that they would come back to God and humble themselves and let you restore them to the place that you originally meant them to be, Lord. So help us to do that, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And tonight, Lord, we pray for our president again. We anoint his ears right now, that his ears hear from heaven, Lord, that he will not be influenced by the ungodly, that he will not be influenced by the globalist New World Order or any other type of agenda. That he will be moved by the Spirit of God. And we partner with that word that says that he will be filled with the Holy Ghost. And Lord, we pray that for our president, Lord, that we would see such uh, a great turnaround in our country, Lord, uh, revealing uh, the darkness and it come into the light and your name would be lifted up in this country Lord and we worship and praise you tonight Lord because you're so worthy to be praised in Jesus mighty name amen now bride those are the most important things I wanted to talk to you about because the president is coming back next week and when he comes back, we will be hitting these topics head on. Uh, so we will be following what are they doing in Congress. Uh, Congress comes back, I think we got two more weeks. They come back on Labor Day. Uh, actually, here in Washington, everything is shut down just about the whole month of August. Can you believe it? They do. They shut down all of Capitol Hill and everything. Uh, through the month of August, and that's probably why the president's on vacation, because everybody's vacationing right now. But when it comes back, we're going to be hitting these things pretty hard. Now, Bride, look, we um, are still doing that event, March for Trump, Mega Revival for Trump. Uh, we are doing that on September the 28th. I want to invite all of y'all to come. Uh, we are doing... Uh, the Gideon's army of 300, just like I tried with the the original uh, mega revival, the Gideon's army of 300. We already have over 200 people that have signed up, and I'm excited about it. Lord, send all these people that are not afraid uh, to stand up in public. So I want to show you the commercial.
All right, Bride, listen, that is September the 28th. You can find this on Eventbrite, uh, Mega Revival uh, for Trump 2020. Listen, we pray for our president. We believe that God chose him for such a time as this, and the Christians are not letting him go. Although we worry about some decisions, not worry, but you know what I mean. Although we're concerned about some of the decisions he makes, we're family. So we still pray for him. We're still in his corner. We have not given up on him. So we are going to come together on September the 28th. And we are going to lock arms and tell that old devil, Oh no, you're not taking this one. In Jesus name. So we are going to gather, pray, and march. We actually have permission from the government, from everybody. God, God is truly blessed. And we will march around. And uh, we have streets blocked off and everything. And we are going to march and sing. And you know what, Bride? We do not have to fear all of the shenanigans of the devil. Uh, we stand out there bold as a lion. We are the Bride of Christ. Amen. We don't have to fear because we have the army of God with us. We have angels surrounded us. And listen, Bride. Somebody's got to see the true church rise. A church is not going to compromise. Come on now. I'm telling you, God is calling us, bride, in this hour to stand up, bride. Be ye separate. Come out from among them. Shut off the television. Don't watch them movies. Don't let your children watch them cartoons or, or video games or be on the, uh, on the iPad or on your phone all day long. Teach them, talk to them, love them. Uh, we have got to realize that God has called each one of us for such a time as this. And although it seems so dark out there, the light that is on the inside of us is much brighter, bright. And I'm going to tell you, we have to be really careful not to let that light burn out in our own self. That's why I had to go see my family. I had to get away for a while to build my light back up. Because the warfare up here is so intense. We've got to take good care of ourselves in the prayer closet. And with the Lord being filled with the fire of God. And filled with the oil and the water from heaven. Because the earth, the world, they need us so much. So I'm just encouraging today that if you feel burnt out, take some time for yourself. Because we cannot make it without you. We need you to be healthy and we need you to be full of the glory of the Lord. Amen. But I want to encourage you in this, bride. Uh, what they have done is desensitize the bride. It's really sad, but it's true, bride. They've desensitized the bride by watching these shows of filth. And what they've done is over the years they've watched it like I remember... When I used to watch that show, Nashville, I used to watch it with my mom when she was alive. And that was a show about the country music industry, uh, about Nashville. And it was true. Most of it was pretty true about the culture in Nashville. They did good, you know, to keep the rest. So we felt like we wanted to watch it because it was part of us. You know, we are Nashville. You know, that's where I was born and raised. But they had to throw in one character, one country music singer that was LGBT. And they ended up building a whole storyline around it. So instead of just saying, I refuse to watch it, 
Why did they have to do that? Here's what they did, Brad. They started out just him just saying it. And then they started out him Googling another man. And then they would uh, start out, you know, just by them holding hands. And then later on, you know, I'm talking about over the years, they would show them them uh, kissing. You know, it would just show them like going towards each other for a kiss. And then the next year, the next season, they would be throwing down like a man and woman slamming each other against the wall, going at it, making out on regular television. I'm telling you, they slowly cook us in a pot and they boil us until they just desensitize us all the way. I'm telling you, Bride, we have got to be uh, detached from the world. Think of the movie, uh, what's that movie, The Matrix? Uh, think about how that was when it was attached to the beast, when he was attached to the computer. We have got to detach from the beast. What is the beast? It's the worldly ideology. It's the worldly ways of thinking. The worldly ways. Okay, what's the worldly ways? Well, uh, you can change your uh, gender if you want to. Uh, your child can go to school and say they want to be whatever gender they want to be or whatever identity they want to be. Uh, come out from among them. Uh, don't participate. When you watch it on TV and you begin to tolerate it, you begin to accept it. And then when you have people confront you about it, you're like, oh, it's okay. Don't bother me. And then you end up as a pastor and you end up marrying them. You end up saying, okay, well, I may become one. You know, you just tolerate because, listen, sin will take you further than you want to go. And it starts with compromise. I'm telling you, Brad, because this is what's happened to the church as a whole. They compromised. Uh, they partnered with the world. Uh, and said, you know, they went after other lovers. Jesus is their lover. God is the lover of their soul. But what they did is they have partnered with the world and they got away from God's expectancies. Well, I can go over here and do this because you know what? The Lord has forgiven me for everything I ever want to do. So I can go over here and cheat on my husband or, or do this or do that. And it's okay because everybody else does it. You know, and so they begin to compromise. And then once they open the door, then the devil just keeps pulling and pulling. Listen, Brad, I interviewed a man one time. He was the highest uh, warlock in the nation. He started serving the satanic temple when he was 10 years old. And by the time he was 40, he was the highest warlock in the nation. He had rose all the way to the top. He told me in that interview, he said, I did not start out thinking, I'm going to kill children. I'm going to slaughter animals. I'm going to, you know, do this and do that. He's like, it just comes over time. Uh, you just do, it's anything goes, you know. And you start out small, and then you have sex with this one, you have sex with that one, and you want to try this and try that. And you just open up the door to the worldwide devil, see. And then, when you want to get out of it, there is a price to pay. The devil will let you go so far, but then there's a price. He wants something back. 
and it may cost you your soul. So we have to keep the door shut, keep the gates shut, just like my book, Shut the Gates. And I talk about all the different gates to your life, Brad. Your eye gate, your nose gate, your ear gate, your mouth gate, your sex gate, your feet gate. Because you open up the door to the enemy. This is the hour God is calling the bride to shut the gates. Come on. Shut the door. Shut the front door. <laughs> you know. Shut the door, Brian. Tell it old devil where to go. We are not putting up with it in this nation anymore. Uh, the church is going to come out from among them. We're going to refuse to go to a church where we see them compromising with the devil. We're going to say, no, as long as I sit here, I'm approving of your actions and I'm not going to do it anymore. I do not approve of you marrying same-sex. I do not approve of you approving same-sex unions. I'm not going to approve of that. You can call me radical. You can call me a fanatic. Uh, with all these names I've been called up here, by the way. Uh, you can do all that because, look, you know what, Pastor, or whoever you're partnering with, you're going to do what you're going to do. but And you're going to answer to God for your life and your ministry. But for me, my life and my ministry, I will answer to God for it too. So I'm choosing today to not partner with that mess. So you can just go on doing what you're doing, but I am coming out from among them, and I will sit in my house and go nowhere if I have to sit in that, and I'm not doing it. I am going to honor God with my family, and I am not going to compromise. I feel God's fire so much on me right now, Brian. Woo! Oh, man, I'm ready to shout and run around this place. I will not touch the unclean thing. I will not flirt with the devil. I will not give him permission. I will not sit under an administration, you know, a person, a pastor, a preacher, an organization that I know is not honoring God like that because as long as I'm sitting there, I'm giving you the stamp of approval. As long as I'm sitting there, I'm telling you that it's okay because my presence is there and everybody in that room sees me sitting there and that means that I am approving of what you're doing or saying or partnering with. So this is the day I draw the line in the sand and I say I'd rather have God's eyes shining on me. I would rather be walking in purity, holiness, and consecration than to be partnering or touching the devil. There is no thing, there is no person, place, or thing that is going to keep me from my God and is going to stop me from my destiny in this hour. I am going to honor God if I'm doing it all by myself. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on now. So, we have to make sure, Brian, that we are hearing God with our ears. We have to make sure that we have a prayer life that is consecrated unto the Lord. Because we are in the hour of the great deception and people are being deceived left and right, let me tell you. They are swallowing the Kool-Aid. They are becoming a part of the community. And did you know, Brian, that in order to be a part of the community, you have to tolerate? And if you don't tolerate and you don't become a part of the, the way that the world says that you should be, that you are a radical and you're an outcast and we don't want anything to do with you because you're not a part of the circle, you're not a part of the community, 
What they're doing, Brian, and I've told y'all this before, they want to take away your individualism. They want you to become horizontal. They want you to become a part of the great circle of life. The great part of the community. The new world order. The one world religion. Uh, basically where you're all one big utopia. I'm telling you, Brian, we are here on the edge of it. It is busting wide open. But we cannot, Bride. We cannot. And listen, I just want to tell you right now, we don't know how much time we have left. This has been my whole entire ministry. I just want to cry. My whole entire ministry has been social media. It has been online. I have been reaching people all across the world through this medium. But you know what, Bride? There may come a day they shut me down. Because they say she's too radical. She is too much truth. She is saying uh, that the Bible and that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And she is exposing what we're doing. So we have to shut her down. And you know what, Bride? Whatever time we have left together, I treasure the Lord for the time that we had together. No, I'm not a gloom and doom preacher. I can just hear some of you saying right now, this woman is a gloom and doom preacher. I am not, Brian. I'm an army of the living God type of preacher. I believe that God has designed us for such a time as this. And he knows exactly what's about to hit the earth. But the question is, are we ready? Are we truly ready? I truly believe with the bottom of my heart, Brian, that this great revival that's coming is going to be in the grossest darkness we've ever seen. I believe that it's not going to be like, Yahoo! <laughs> you know, uh, a great utopia coming and that a revival like, uh, not Azusa Street, but, you know, Brownsville type of revival. You see what I mean? In, you know, secluded in a building type of revival. No, right. This revival is going to be a revival of death. And what I mean is, is where the bride says, you can have it all. Nothing is going to keep me from my Savior. You can take this body, but you are not taking what's on the inside of me. I refuse to settle. I refuse to be bought and I refuse to sell out. Because you tell me I have to do this. I refuse to. I, I am more worried about pleasing my Lord and Savior than doing all that. So the revival is going to happen when, when people are truly suffering. And the bride is shining as a shiny gold cross in the midst of chaos. Do you hear me, bride? Do you hear me? Remember the uh, vision that I told you about that the Lord gave me in prayer one day. Uh, I think it was five years ago. Uh, I was praying in tongues with a group of intercessors and the Lord showed me this in the spirit, bride. I saw Obama on a Olympic stand 
and he was the gold and then it was Russia on one side of him and America on the other and there was double swords coming out of his mouth so a sword was going to Russia and a sword was going towards the United States Russia was a bear and the United States was an eagle so he was on top like the world leader and he was speaking out of both sides of his mouth now behind him was all this chaos it was like I, I drew like tornadoes, I drew earthquakes, lightning, famine, sword, pestilence, uh, all this chaos behind him. But above it, I saw a dome. Inside that dome was plush green grass and shiny gold crosses. So underneath him, underneath the Olympic stands was another dome. And inside that dome was plush green grass with an Israeli flag. So I believe what the Lord showed me in that vision is when all hell breaks loose, because the Bible has already written it, right? It's going to happen. When it does, the Christians will be shining and beautiful gold crosses which means the purity on the inside of her will be shining through the chaos she may be in a house that has lights when everybody else is off she may have food when everybody else in the neighborhood has none she may have the only car in the neighborhood that actually drives y'all think I'm kidding I'm not kidding. I'm telling you, the supernatural provision of God, the supernatural miracles of God, this is why I'm telling you, Brad, nothing we go through should cause us fear. Nothing. All the days that are ahead are the days that are ahead. The question is, is our hearts ready? We have got to be ready to be used as a conduit no matter what the natural circumstances are around us and that's one thing bride that I'm very thankful of that I am that I have been tested by God with nothing I'm so thankful for that now because when the chaos comes I will know please welcome to my world people <laughs> welcome to my world living by faith every day how am i gonna eat how am i gonna you know but the lord has proven himself faithful but we're gonna be the bride that's gonna bring people to jesus uh when everything happens the way it's going to happen so yes i do believe that we're on a stay of execution right now with the president i believe that god has given us a window of opportunity and I pray that the church will finish that window with grace. I pray that we will finish that window getting ready. Okay? Because when the bottom falls out, and it's going to one day, when the bottom falls out, we will be in position. Come on now. We will have our armor on. We will be ready because that's going to be our finest hour. When you look at these people all over the world, that are dying right now for the name of Jesus. Did you know that they feel like that is, the, some of them feel like that is their finest hour? Remember that woman that I interviewed uh, at the International Religious Freedom and she was, um, 
in prison in China. And you know, I asked her, I said, if you could talk to the American church, what would you say to her right now? And guess what she said? You're the one in prison. I was like, what? What do you mean we're the ones in prison? She said, because you know what? When I was in prison, even though I was in prison in China, I was the freest woman in the world. A lot of us are bound by our material things. We are bound by our family's expectations. We are bound by the expectations of our own self. We're not free in Jesus, in this unknown zone of faith. Let me say that again. When we are free in Jesus, we are in this unknown bubble, I call it, unknown zone of faith. When you're walking in his perfect will in this unknown zone, unknown, unchartered territory. You are so free because God is right there. Like everywhere you go, every person you come in contact with is all God. Like He just lines everything up. Why? Because you're in his uh, book. You're in his plan. You're in his will. You're in his destiny that he has for your life. That's the true freedom. And you know what's funny, right? I am 51 years old. And I fought the Lord for how long? So let's say 60 or 45 years. Well, I got saved when I was nine. So what? 30 some years. I fought the Lord on this call because I didn't want to give him everything. I wanted the control of this area. And I wanted, I mean, I, I battled smoking. For the longest. Now can you believe that? This woman that's on radio and television. I battled smoking. See how the devil tried to take me out. I loved smoking. I loved it. I battled it. And the devil kept telling me. You don't want to give that up. You love it so much. See. And now that. Every, I gave it all away to the Lord. You know, gave it all up. Now I'm in this freedom zone. And it's like, devil is a liar. It robbed me of 30 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, where I would be right now, Brian, if I would have discovered this lifestyle of faith when I was in my 20s? Where would I be? But this ought to show us, too, it's never too late uh, to give the Lord all. And to trust him in this life of faith. Amen. So I don't know why I got off preaching tonight, Brad, but I just want to say I'm very excited to be back in Washington. Um, I'm very excited to tackle uh, the beast head on and uh, to see what God's going to do up here because we got some things we're going to have to keep our eyes on. <sighs> Amen. So I love you, Brian, and I pray that y'all have a good evening. God bless you. This is Dr. June out.